Get your Bibles out. Thank you. Find your Bibles. I hope you got a highlighter and you got some stuff there to help you see what I'm saying is true. Let's get something. Let's move this really quick and believe that God can bless us. This is called standing behind our wall. Someone's standing behind this wall. Uh, Let me suggest to you that God is in fact standing behind a wall that may be a wall that you've put in place. But God is very, very vigorous. He's very passionate about finding you and speaking to you and blessing you. So let's look at this very quickly. You can turn your Bibles to uh, John chapter 14, verse 20. And this is what I want to say to you prophetically, that probably everyone senses this distance between us and God. How are you, Ali? All right? Doing good with the studies, the uni, and how many more people you saved at that uni? Macquarie University down there, eh? Come on, come on. Yeah. And listen, are you guys excited about the youth event this Friday? This, now listen, it's been prophesied that we're going to fill this tent before we get out of it, which is three weeks time. This is the third last week right here. I'm standing in it, but there's been prophesied that we will actually fill this tent to capacity and even break out. It will be just so filled that people won't be able to fit into it. So I hope that that's this Friday night. Now, they've got an international guest speaker, Andy Kabbalah. He is a phenomenal resource. Get your friends here, people. Get your, your youth friends. Youth, get those leaflets out. Get the invitations out. And get those people here because we are most excited to have this great resource called Andy Kabbalah, international speaker. Very funny guy, but very profound. Was afflicted by a disease of, uh, at a young age and was able to overcome that by faith. And uh, he is a walking miracle. I hope he teases some of that testimony out. It's going to be great. The sense of distance we often feel between Christ and ourselves is real. And we need to talk about that just quickly. Now, they're telling me, and I believe it's true, as we enter into the last days, that God is even more vigorous about reaching the harvest, reaching the world. You know, he, he wants to connect with every single person on the planet. Now, help me. They tell me there's, what, there's 6 billion people on the planet? There's 3 billion that know God. Know God. Uh, there's about 1 billion, I think, people that, that are spirit-filled. 1 billion spirit-filled believers. This type of church is the fastest-growing church on the planet. It's called the Spirit-Filled Church. Unfortunately, the other church which is a little bit more traditional, is struggling. Because the generate the young people, they want to experience God. They can, they can only take so much religion, they can only take so much talk before they want proof to the pudding. Amen? They want to feel it, they want to see it. That's all right, I can hear what you're saying, but help me, where's the reality of it? Where's the manifestation of it? Where's the proof? And that's what young people want. They want the proof of what we're saying to be true. Amen. So in these days, God is doing a brilliant job. And even in fact, Andy Kabbalah, in his last crusade in New Zealand, out of all the thousands of youth that visited those, those uh, conferences, uh, youth events, outdoor youth events, 1,100 souls were saved and legs were healed. People's bodies were healed this way, that way. It was amazing. 
So this guy is quite phenomenal. And we managed to grab just a, a, a day that he wasn't booked out. And we grabbed him and he's, he wants to preach in the tent too. He's excited. He didn't want to preach in the building. We tried to get him in the building. He said, I don't want the building. I preach in buildings all the time. I want the tent. I want the tent. He wants the tent so he can have the tent. So as we approach these days and end of these days and we're in it of the soon return of Jesus Christ, the Lord shall begin to remove these walls that are between us and him. And that's what's happening through the anointing and through the word, through the inspired word of God. These walls are being removed where even average Aussies, I meet them all the time in my walk of life during the week. Blokes, even blokes are saying, just coming up straight up and saying, yeah, man, you know, I believe in God, but, you know, the church, yeah, you know, and so you've got to get around that and then you've got to give, you know, you've got to give some credence to who God is. And a brilliantly was able to do that the other day at, at, at this place where this, this tradesman walked into this gathering of me and another minister doing coffee. And he's, man, he was down at Macca's, he tells me, at Gosford, and he had a brain aneurysm and, and five years ago and he got through that and he said, well, I do thank God for that, that I'm still here. Well, that's great, but there's more. There's Jesus, there's church. Because he was fitting all this safety stuff into the new building at Berkeley Vale, our good friend there, Murray Newman and Bayside, who are called Encounter Church now. I can say hot off the press that their church will be called Encounter Church. And I love that. And, 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 so, and, and so this guy popped his head in just enough, you know, just enough for me to just to give him a little bit of bait uh, on the hook. And so that sparked up about five minutes, five minutes of vigorous conversation about God, but who Jesus was too. And he was, yeah, he said, look, I might come pay a visit to this church. So the scripture says in John 14, verse 20, in that day, you shall know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. Help me, help me. Listen, that's a powerful scripture. It's talking about intimacy. It's talking about that Jesus is so close to the Father, but the Father is so close to Jesus. But then he says to the church, he says to you and I, born-again believers, he says, but then you are close to me, and I'm close to you. It's going to be a great big holy hug. Amen? It, it, it really is about that. In that day, in these last days, God is stepping out of heaven through the church in signs and wonders by his Spirit, and he's wanting to get close through an encounter of God. We've got to position ourselves in, hey guys, come on, take a seat, and if there's any more out there, bring them in. God in these last, say last days. In these last days, God is very vigorous. In fact, the Holy Spirit is very much about wanting to empower you, yes, and give you the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. There's a gift of faith, a gift of discernment. Do you know what I'm saying? There's nine gifts that you could ask for, but then there's fruits of the Spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? There's fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. The Holy Spirit helps you manifest those gifts, uh, fruits, as, as character of Christ in your life. Depending how much you can redeem your life from the world, from sin, and then begin to shine for Jesus, the Holy Spirit will help you do that. Amen? The Holy Spirit helps you be like, be like this radiant sunflower for God. Do you know what I'm saying? The anointing gets on you and you just go, yeah, and the world goes, what are you on? <laughs> you know, what are you on? I'm just on Jesus, man. You know, you used to, you know but now I'm, I'm on God. Amen? 
It's a powerful thing. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, is very vigorously about matchmaker, matchmaker. He is about trying to bring the world, you and I, to Jesus. Jesus is in the wings. He's standing in the shadows. He's there. But there's a wall. And it's mostly a wall that we have put up. And so let's have a look at this. Even through the Word, we can hear God. We can hear God where it says in John 10, 27. And I'll move along as quick as I can. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do you know if you read the Bible, if you give the Bible half a chance, folks, the most powerful resource, the, the indestructible Word of God. They tried to... Julia was in, in Singapore in show business in 78, 79. And they are actually going through the hotel rooms and asking for the Gideon's Bibles they were securing those and they were tossing them out onto a bonfire out on the street. And Julie was looking out through a hotel room watching the bonfires of Bibles in Singapore way back in the late 70s. Still didn't get rid of the Bible. Most popular book, most sold book. It's, it's, it's a powerful resource. It's indestructible. If Indiana Jones would have discovered this, he, he, you know, it would have been a different story than what we've got now. But... but We are so privileged to have that Bible. Listen to me. John 10, verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me even as the Father knows me and I know the Father. There it goes again, as the Father knows me, as God the Father knows me, Jesus. But as Jesus knows God the Father, you will know the voice of God. And listen to me, you've got to know the voice of God. You know, you've got to separate the voice of a stranger from the voice of God. It's a powerful thing. Let's get to this profound scripture in Song of Songs. And this is the guts of what I want to say. Yet we feel this distance between us and God sometimes, don't we? It can be for a manner of reasons. It can be for shame. Maybe you've just blown it. You keep blowing it. You blow it. You blow it. You just got yourself locked out of out of the presence of God. Maybe it's some guilt, some guilt, and you just got yourself on a downer and you can't approach God. Maybe the devil's accusing you. You know, he is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses you. You don't know God. Who do you think you are trying to go to church and trying to be a Christian? You you know, and and the devil tries to accuse us. He is, in fact, the accuser of the brethren. Well, I just tell him right now to shut up. And get off these people's cases and my case and our case. Get off and go in Jesus' name. We can do that with that authority I was talking about. Now, in the Song of Solomon, the quest, it talks about this quest to find the secret place of his presence. Now, each one of us needs to have that secret place where you're in that groove, in that place. It's like your best, it's like your bed. I don't know how good your bed is, but my bed's great. I get in there, I got in there this afternoon and I got this big high window and the sun was coming through there and I just had enough of my face to be exposed to that view and I was just stretched because the sun just quickly moves and stretched and I said, what are you doing? I said, I want this sun, I want as much as of it as I can get and the big, big duna, you know, these thick dunas like this and, you know, at my age you get a half decent bed when you're first starting out, it's got springs through it and you know, and it goes like this. And I've been through that. I've lived like that. I grew up in a mattress like that. Uh, I grew up on a mattress. Anyway, this is, a, uh, this is where I still needed healing in my life. The, the spring was through the mattress in the dead center of the mattress. And it went like that. And I learned how to s- sleep like a boomerang. 
in the bed. And that was a good night's sleep. Wow, I, I, I managed to secure that same position all night because, boy, was it uncomfortable if you'd wake up with that spring in you. So I know what it's like to have a bad mattress. I do sympathize with you. But God wants you to have a good mattress, like Andrew said. Amen? And a car and a good house. Song of Solomon talks about this analogy. And it says this in, in, in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. It says this about the secret place. It talks about this God who wants to be intimate with us, not distant and religious. Do you know some people actually want a religious church? Because religion comfortably separates them from their God. Some people would actually say, I don't want God that close. I want a good, firm distance between me and Him. I don't want to get close to Him. And actually, there would be some people that would actually like to go to a religious church where a guy's swinging the smoking thing and practicing on about in Elizabethan language. I don't know what it is, but, you know, God's happy. God's happy. <laughs> you know, it's not personal to me, but I'm sitting here. I'm, 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 endear- I'm enduring it. I'm enduring it. And God is happy, you know. Is it? No. God is happy when you sit in a setting like this, even in a paddock in a tent, and when you say, God, I'm brutally honest with you. You love me. I will do everything I can to reveal my heart to you. That's what Christianity is. That's what the Spirit-filled life is. Amen? Give it a lot of clap. Come on, guys. Come on, come on, come on. And the Scripture goes like this. Listen, my beloved. There's a lot of romance tones here. And if I could do the Bills and Moon, who's the people help me? Hazel, are you a Boons and Mills reader? What is it? Mills and Boon. Not, not Moon and Bills. No, no, no. Just joke. I've not read one yet. The covers look... Yeah, the covers. The bride says, listen, my beloved, behold, he is coming. Climbing on the mountains, leaping on the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. This is, this is imagery. You really got to get your head around this imagery. But this is imagery of God who is energetic, vibrant in his pursuit. I don't know if you've seen a deer or a, or a gazelle. Or a stag, man, they're just, they're light on their feet and they can straddle and they can bounce around. And I love that about being a kid. You know what I miss that about being a kid, Bill? When you're a kid, you can jump across rocks and you dart, you dodge, you, you sort of, we used to do that down to the beach with our surfboards, man. We jump on these big rocks, you know, and you can do it now. You hit one rock, you fall over and crack your head. And, <laughs> That's the unfortunate thing about growing up, guys. Jump on rocks and do all that stuff while you can, young people. Do that stuff while you can. Use that wonderful body you can to do all the great stuff in life and, you know, before it's too late. But God is very much like that. He's dodging, he's weaving, he's taking hits, he's moving, he's, he's coming through and he's presenting himself. There's another scripture that I want to talk to you about and it goes like this. Behold, he is standing behind a wall. Prop, please. Behold, he is standing behind a wall. He is looking through the windows. He is peering through the lattice. So we're talking about a wall now. We're talking, hello, hello, hello. So the scripture says in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, can you still see me, by the way? (laughs) Behold, he is standing behind our wall. He is looking through the windows. He is peering through the lattice. 
What are you laughing at, Dave? Uh, Jesus is actually... Now, this is a romance thing. It, you got to get your... Get into a Babylonian garden or something and, and bring it back, Frank. They did, did, I just didn't get into a garden like, like Moses' time, dangling vines and, you know, servants and, and there's this lover looking at this, we have to say it, looking at this lady because the church is a bride, okay? And Jesus, the groom, looking just besotted, besotted. <laughs> And and there's a wall, but the Bible says that there's a wall. Video, thanks. There is a there is a good illustration of this, and it comes by video. Let's have a quick look at this about this wall. Now, before you start it up, this wall can actually be a wall that you put in place. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Did you think church was going? Did you think church was going to be like this tonight? You did, great. Because Dave wouldn't come otherwise, would he? John, did you think church was going to be like this? No. <laughs> That's all right. Now, this wall, this wall can, needs to be removed. This wall can be shame. It can be unbelief. It can be condemnation. But this wall must come down. It can be a wall around your heart. But still, Jesus is peering through the lattice. He is behind the wall. Let's see what happens to this runner as he hits this wall. God bless. This is funny. It's a little tiny nine miles. Turn it up. This is what happens in your prayer life, in your spiritual life. You can hit a wall. You can't get to God. It's a dead end. What? You don't experience God. You can't feel God, maybe. It's a wall. This is a wall that runners talk about, that cyclists talk about, that an athlete talks about. In an endurance race, they hit a wall. They can't get through it. This is the wall that he is hitting. It's an imaginative wall for him. But a very real wall, physiologically. Dennis. Dennis? Doyle, a clothing store security guard running for the last ten and three quarter hours on basically one leg, is refusing to rest until this race is run. He's broken his ankle, but he's still running. some of you people need to do. This is his alter ego, egging him on. You've never finished anything in your entire life, Dennis. What are you getting on to do? Dear subconscious, you never finish anything. You never get past exactly this place. Do you think you're getting? Church taking you on. Go on, you beautiful man! 
<laughs> Apologies there, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but it's... Uh, You're a beautiful man. That's it. God bless. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? That is so real. But that is so real. You know, some people find it hard to get into that place of the presence of God. But that wall must come down. It's a wall that you need to get serious about by, by forgiveness, repentance. However, that wall must come down by getting absolutely serious, maybe praying and fasting. As of tomorrow, Christian City Church Oxford Falls is having 21 days of prayer and fasting. As of tomorrow to the 31st. In fact, some of us here, including myself, are joining in on that fast and prayer. Fasting and praying is a time when you can actually get breakthrough. Your soul, by suggesting it sit by you while your spirit gets up and begins to make access to God in, an, in, an, in, a, in a profound way. Fasting is this, when you can subdue your natural, your natural um, appetites of life, your natural appetite to watch the TV, to listen to a bunch of news, to think about all the stuff you want to think about, all the distractions of life, your hobby, your stuff, your thought life. When you say no to that and you fast and allow your spirit to come alive in God, it's then when you begin your encounter with God. You position your encounter, you position yourself in an encounter with God. And I believe, I would dare to say, that at some time in your spiritual life, it could be six months, it could be a year, two years, three, four, five, but at some time, you need that breakthrough. You need that intimacy because your quest in life, your satisfaction in life, listen to me, your satisfaction in life is truly met with encountering God. You can try this, you can try that. This can be another version. I come to church, I try God, I try God, and you hit a wall and you don't get through into the intimacy of God. See, the intimacy of God is hearing for yourself God what He says about you, who you are. You need to know from God who you are. And when God can confirm to you, affirm to you who you truly are, No man, no circumstance, no nothing can tell you any different of who and what and how special and how significant you truly are. But you need to, you know, this is, some of you just joined the church and you're hearing my voice and it's great. I love this Pastor Phil. He just makes me feel, but that's going to wear out. After a year, two years, you know what I mean? Someone say, no, we'll never tire of you. But you will. You need to hear from God yourself. You need to hear. I talked about a story this morning of a sales guy who came with a lot of exuberance. He knocked on my door and he said all this great stuff about sponsoring a child. It was excellent. There was a couple of little ripples there. He stumbled through a few of the words because I'm, you know, he, I knew he got phased by my presence because I just just stood there and watched him and and, and then I and then then he did his thing. I said, you know what? That was great. He said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I actually got sponsor three kids already. You know, Compassion, the church. Oh. I said, but you know what? I said, I'm in the same business as you, raising finances for worthy causes. You did that so well. And the young son, he's about 19. He's standing there like now like a little boy. 
And this 50-year-old bloke saying to him, excellent, well done, kid. That was so brilliant. But you know when you stumbled through there, you got phased by me, didn't you? He said, yeah, I did. You're a big guy, you know, because he's only just a short guy. I said, don't care about people like me. You stand in what you do best. You did that so well. And as I'm standing there telling him this and affirming him as a father with a son, he's going, wow, oh, I appreciate this. And he's assuming the, the, you know, the position of, of, of being taught and being affirmed. He's not being offended, but he's loving it. And he's being blessed by it. Do you know what God wants to do that to you? God wants to, de- to bless you and affirm you as a daughter and as a son. God wants to bless you. And he can only do that as he come out from this wall, as he comes out from this lattice, and he comes into your world and personally speaks into you and who you truly are. Because this, even this great church won't be able to bring you to this place of conclusion of being totally satisfied with your God, but knowing ultimately who you are in God. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, even the Bible is really about the heart throb of God. And if you read it with heart intent and by the anointing of God, this will too inform you of God and his affirmation to you. And that's why the word of God is so powerful to instruct you, to affirm you. We all are children in God and we need to be affirmed in the spirit by God. And that wall that that man encountered, that wall has got to come down. It's got to, and that's why we feel the sense of distance between us and our God. Now, people like me that need God 24-7, I can't go home and say, oh, that was church, good, now I can just get back into life. And you know, I can't do that. I've got to live with God 24-7. I've got, to, I've got to go to bed and I've got to wake up with God. I've got to live my days with God. That's the life. If I don't, I, cop, I, cop, I get mortally wounded. I could be tempted. I could be taken out. I could be... Scolded, I could be, I could cop a mortal wound spiritually, I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like a soldier. A man of God is like a soldier. But I would say to you in the last days, you too need to be ever vigilant and trained up like an athlete, like the Beijing athletes, like the Olympians. You need to be in these days because there's so much wear and tear and so much opposition out there against you. You need to be vigilant too. Otherwise you can get taken out. So it's about getting into this place of intimacy with God and knowing His love. Knowing His love. Give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Yeah. Could be shame. That wall could be shame. It could be fear. Could be the, the fear that you have. Could be an unrepentant heart. Could be your heart that is just you know choked up with unforgiveness or it's, it's hardened somehow and you've isolated yourself. That's why when I say prayer and fasting, it's really about you being brutally honest with that. Prayer and fasting is about you coming out of your life, getting strung out in God, because it happens after the first day you stop eating. It's, it's a war, man, to stop eating on the first day. It's a war, man, because you're used to having breakfast, you're used to having lunch, you're used to having tea, and it's a war, man. I'm going to fast. And, and how I fast, and I did long-term fast. Uh, the first day is a big struggle. I will tell you that. This is how you get a breakthrough. If you if you can if you can join in on the slipstream of the big Oxford Falls Church who are fasting and praying, I would suggest this church at least someone and I am fast and pray for an encounter. Why do you need an encounter? Because you need to hear for yourself what God is saying about your circumstance. 
about your, about your life, about your wife, about your marriage, about your finances, about your health. Sometimes you just got to hear directly from God. And the Bible says that we can fast and encounter God in such a profound way that we can actually hear like a sheep hears from a shepherd and we go, well, I heard something. You know what? You can start to hear the Bible for the first time by fasting and praying. Some people don't hear the Bible. They go, I don't hear it, man. Everyone says this book is, you know, they're trying to find something in there. They're looking in it. They're just, that's just black and white for me. I don't know what these guys are going on. It just doesn't do anything for me. Look, look. Enjoy the worship, enjoy the praise, enjoy the pastor, the, the preacher, but this Bible is just it's not speaking to me, you know. And they say it has the heart throb of God for humanity, it has the heartbeat of God for my life. I just don't, this doesn't, you know, you could need a fast, you, can, you need some prayer, you need, some, you need to break that wall down and you need to get yourself into the spirit where you're now intimately acquainted with God. Isn't that true? And fasting can do that. My time is gone. Fasting can do that. And Bible says in Matthew 5, 8, remember, the pure in heart see God. The pure in heart see God. If we repent of our wrong attitudes and sins, instead of shame and fear, we clothe ourselves with the garments of praise and salvation. And the barriers between ourselves and the Lord shall be removed. You know what? I just got this one scripture. I've got to get, today I've been trying to, to get it out, and it's this, it's Genesis 28, verse 16, and, and it talks about Genesis 28, verse 16, because everyone has an opportunity to, and it says this in verse 16, Genesis chapter 28, it says 16, verse 16, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. You know, some people can even come to church and not even be aware of God is there. You know, he says, surely God is in this place and I was not aware. I bet there was people here Friday night, Andrew, that God, because we had a revival, <coughs> we had a revival in the youth group on Friday night. Do you reckon there were some people here that just said, wow, I don't know what's happening. They're getting blessed and uh, Angus prophesying and Jamie preaching and but there, there would have been some people just go, it's another youth night. Surely I did not. Surely God is in this place and I did not know. And we can even come to church and not know God is in the house. Some people can say, man, that was powerful. Oh, yeah, it was pretty good. You gotta make use of the opportunity of God. Samuel. Samuel's a young kid. He goes to Eli. He goes to Eli, I think it is. And, and, and he says, yes, Eli, because he's been brought up in the, in, the, in, the, in the temple. He's been brought up by the priest, little Samuel. He's a little kid like this. And, and he gets woken up in the middle of the night and, and, and got, you know, someone's speaking to him. And, and he runs to Eli and says, did you, did you say something? No. Go to sleep. Goes back. It's woken up again next night. Did you say something? Yes, Master, did you say? Didn't say anything. Go to bed, Sam. Go to bed. Uh, uh, three times. The fourth time, I think it was, or the third time, eventually, Eli, the old man, priest, he says, Ah, next time you hear that voice, say, Yes, Lord, speak. And so Samuel gets woken up again the next night, and he says, Yes, Lord, speak. Finally, now, Samuel, I've got some stuff to tell you. Do you know what I mean? 
It can be like that too. Sometimes we even think the Lord's voice is, is a stranger, is, is not God. I don't know, we get it all mixed up. But fasting and praying will get you your breakthrough. Let's all stand, God bless you. Father, we thank you for the breakthrough anointing in fasting and praying. Thank you that those walls can come down. And Lord, I, I just want to do this before we go, before we finish up. Father, right now, we believe that, that these walls can come down. We believe that we can be intimately acquainted with God. Some of us here have never felt God, never experienced God. I experienced God as a young boy through many situations where I needed Him. Getting lost, shopping centers, but mainly in the bush. Situations where my dad collapsed one night and I got left at home. I don't know how that happened, but I was by myself as a five-year-old, four-year-old. Just the house got upheaved and they left me there. And just to, I just know when God was with me, comforting me, and He was there, His presence was around me. Do you know what I'm saying? And tonight I believe that there's people in this place tonight, in this church, in Your presence, Lord, there's people that have still not felt You or understood Your voice through the Bible the Lord, Lord God, you said in your word that you stand behind a wall, a wall more times put up by us, a lattice that you peer through and you gaze at us, Lord. You gaze at each one of us. I believe he does. And I believe the Holy Spirit is the matchmaker trying to acquaint you with Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for your vigorous attempt at acquainting us with the master of the universe, Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, the King of glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to say that on your behalf. Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing me to church tonight, for bringing me to salvation. But I want to say this, if you're not sure of your salvation, it's not about being religious. It's not about carrying around a great big fat Bible. It's about being brutally honest with God. He loves you. And He peers at you. He looks at you from a distance until you bring those walls down and say, Jesus, I welcome you into my world. I welcome you into my heart. I welcome you into my life. Unfortunately, he has to keep his distance until you say that. I want to pray for anyone in the house that tonight wants to be connected to Jesus. We call it being saved, born again. And it's just simply this. It's your spirit. Join to God's Spirit. Put up your hand.